was nothing I could do Nothing I could do Hello and welcome to This Is Something I Can Do, Overcoming PTSD and Trauma with Aromatherapy. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald. In these unprecedented times, we all desire to make a difference with the division, violence, climate change, and sustainable energy issues. We all know the time for planning has passed. It's time for action, but it is difficult for our voices to be heard. I'm a trauma survivor with PTSD, and my flight, fight, or freeze response is triggered in almost every waking moment in these times. I am learning to overcome my triggers by facing my traumas and putting them in their rightful place. I know many others who are doing the same. We can make a difference in our lives and the world. I'm a professional aromatherapist, and through my work, I have found purpose and the tools I need to help myself and others. This podcast will shed light on the effects of trauma and what my guests and I are doing to overcome ours while helping others in the process. Please join us on this journey as we find others using their voice to help trauma survivors too. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald, and this is something I can do. I still sit here with it all. Hi, welcome to Something I Can Do. I'm here with Melissa Holman. She is a registered aromatherapist and an aromatherapist in Guam. Melissa, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you use aromatherapy and what's your business like? Sure. So um, a little bit more about me. Well, I am wife, mother, grandmother, former security forces in the military, Uh, I homeschooled my kids, did all the things, and here I am a half century later, uh, became an aromatherapist. Um, Just a few years ago, I I finished my training. Uh, And the reason I went back to school is because I felt when, when aromatherapy became really huge, right? Everybody started selling essential oils, um, left and right. People were trying to cure whatever ill you had with a little bottle full of stuff that smelled good. I just thought to myself, there's, there's gotta be more to this. I'm not the kind of person that just uh, accepts things at face value like that. I accept people at face value, (laughs) but not stuff like that. And I just said, you know, there's gotta be more to this. So I uh, went back to school. I went to the American college of healthcare sciences and got my certificate in aromatherapy and took the registration exam, became a registered aromatherapist and hung out my shingle. Um, So I work with people who have all different kinds of issues going on in their lives, uh, emotional, physical issues, things like that. Typically I'll sit down with them one-on-one and we have an hour long consultation. This isn't just you know, your normal 15 minutes at the doctor's office you get three things in the military. That's what it is. You have 15 minutes and you can bring up three things. And they're out the door. (laughs) After that, they're done. Whether you're done or not, they're gone. Um, So, so the way that I do this is I want people to realize that they are heard, that they're not making things up, which is what most medical doctors in my experience believe. Um, And then what I'll do is I'll work with them and come up with holistic recommendations Uh, things that they can do outside of aromatherapy. And then I create a bespoke aromatherapy blend for them to target the issues that they're dealing with. Wonderful. That's wonderful. That's Um, a lot. Sorry, it was a huge mouthful. 
Please, I was on your uh, podcast the other day or your YouTube channel the other day, and I rambled on forever. But um, no, that's wonderful. Uh, And you're absolutely right. I've experienced that myself where you, you know, I had all this pain for years and years, and I would go into the doctors, not all of them, I have to say, I did have a few very key doctors that did listen to me and tried their best to help me. But the system that we have as far as um, Western medicine is concerned doesn't really allow even those really good doctors to do um, what they're able to, to help um, their patients. And I can only imagine how frustrating it is for them. I too went to American College of Healthcare Sciences. And um, I know that I am really dedicated um, to bringing integrative health into uh, Western medicine so that we are able to, um, all of us, get to a place where you have aromatherapists or acupuncturists or who, or, or herbalists um, who are able to listen to your needs and then um, from there, you can then go and get uh, the testing and, and the, the quick right. fixes from, from the Western side. But I, I really hope that our medical system moves towards a place where we are all able to get that kind of health care. Right, because right now it feels like we're fighting each other all right. the time. Right. You know, you go see your doctor, uh, case in point, I was having gallbladder issues and I've struggled with digestive issues my whole life. And I went to my doctor and I was like, there's concentrated pain right here. I know that's my gallbladder. And they did all the testing and uh, military hospital, teaching hospital, uh, went in for my ultrasound and they did the ultrasound and the tech was teaching and he goes, see that right there? That's sludge. That sludge will eventually turn into stones and she'll have to have her gallbladder out. Okay, cool. I'm not an idiot. I, I sat there listening, and then I went back to my doctor, and he goes, yeah, everything looks fine. No problems. Okay. Okay, but it's not. So, <laughs> so I worked with my acupuncturist, and did a, I, I do a um, gallbladder cleanse every three months just to keep it functioning and working properly, because if I can keep it, I'd rather keep it, because it does serve a purpose, um, and uh, I told my doctor, what my medical doctor, what I was doing, and he goes, well, what's in it? I, I don't really know, but it's helping. Well, I just hope you're not harming yourself. And I'm thinking, no, you were going to harm me because you weren't telling me the truth about everything. You know, but he gets the report from the radiologist and the radiologist, because there were no stones. No significance. And yeah. everything is fine. So it's just, you know, we're constant. And I feel like as a, a patient, I have to know what's going on because my doctor's not going to tell me the truth. That's what that experience showed me. Yeah. So years ago, I lost faith in my medical, my medical doctors. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And like I said, there were a couple key players, the neurologist, um, acupuncturist being one of them, who really went the extra mile for me. But quite frankly, he was an exception to the rule. Um, Most just wanted to convince me that it was mental health issues. And funny enough, it was it was mental health issues. Um, but there are physical um, symptoms that are happening alongside of those. And when did it become a problem for mental health issues to exhibit physical symptoms um, that um, 
what am I trying to say? Sorry. Um, why is it an issue that mental health issues also manifest physically? Why, right. why does that make them less important? Or and just because they can't put their finger on it, maybe it makes them feel powerless. But right. in- well, to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, medical doctors in our system now are trained to diagnose. Yes. And they use all the diagnostic tools that they have, which are some great tools, CAT scans, MRIs, blood work, you know, they can, they use all the tools, but if it doesn't show up the way that they expect it to, right? they don't know what to do with that. They're, they're, they're dumbfounded by that. Um, and it's a rare doctor that understands the whole, whole body anymore, right? We're in a, we're in a time where everyone is specialized and even your general practitioners don't look at the whole body right. anymore. They look at the one symptom that you present to them. So in their defense, I mean, they're doing their job. They're doing the job they were trained to do. But I think uh, people like you, people like me, other graduates of programs like ACHS offers are bringing back the idea of a whole person. Exactly. And and that's where we need to go. And it needs yes. to stop being this thing where um, it's somehow uh, threatening. <laughs> yes. That yes. you don't understand or aren't able to give me answers instead right. of making it my problem, which it is. It is ultimately each individual's responsibility to get themselves well. We've just been trained at least I have been my entire life to believe that if your doctor can't help you, then you're in trouble. But right. We right. Have and to we've be also been trained. And we've also been trained to believe that when I'm sick, my doctor heals me. Right. Right. And that's sort of wrong thinking. Yeah. Right. So wrong when I'm sick and I go to my doctor, my doctor gives me medication that takes care of the symptoms of my sickness, my body heals me. Right. Your not, mind Not those well. medications, yep. not my doctor. And it's the same with our mental wellness. Absolutely. It's the same with our mental wellness. They can give me a pill that will cover up my symptom, but that's not fixing the problem. Right. Yeah, the mind-body connection is very powerful. And it's really important for all of us to start recognizing that. Um, And it's, they aren't separate. They, you know, it's been proven time and time again, somebody who has a positive, um, positive um, outlook, oftentimes will will be able to help themselves. Right. So what I've eventually realized about my gallbladder Mm -hmm. is it's not my gallbladder that is my problem. My gallbladder is where my problems settle. Okay. Okay. Um, I was abused as a child, um, sexually abused as a child, Mm -hmm. and I've suppressed emotions big time. If you see in the back, I have a book sitting on my shelf that's next to read. The Emotion Code. Awesome. The Emotion Code. And... um, so in the suppressing of emotions, that's where that has settled. All of it has settled right there. And when I acknowledge that, when I acknowledge my gallbladder, so to say, and I recognize that, there, that the pain is re- re- recurring 
I know that there's nothing mental going on. It's not necessarily my gallbladder. Yes, I have slow digestion. Yes, my, my gallbladder is sluggish, but it is sluggish because that's where all of my emotions have settled. Right. Because it's being overwhelmed by, yes. by your emotions. And isn't it? It's crazy, right? It is. It is crazy. So do you find that when you recognize that, because I know for myself, you know, I'll go about my day doing or, or and then my weeks and then my months and, and I think that I'm doing all right, but then, you know, slowly things creep up on me. And even though I've been working really hard at recognizing my, my symptoms and, and what that right. means, I find that I forget to to do the things I know to do for myself. So (laughs) do you find that once you're able to go, wait, Oh, wait a second, that's what's going on. Yes. Um, and, and I think, I think it is a common problem for people who are healers, right? I don't claim to have any type of healing gift or anything, but the, what I do to help people is help them work through issues. Um, I'm also a life coach, so I help people work through things and get to the bottom of things. And so in that way, I am a healer. But I find that those of us who are, we tend to heal everyone else and forget to heal ourselves on yeah. a pretty regular basis. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. so I, yeah. I have noticed um, because that pain does creep up every now and then. It used to be constant. It used to be a constant, constant, constant pain. Um, but now it's subtle and just creeps up every now and then. And like I said, that's when I know there's something mental going on that I need to address. And to begin that addressing what I, what I like to do is I have a mantra that I say, and I do um, uh, some emotional tapping, mm-hmm. you know, so through the tapping and then the three mantras that I say, and they're all physical mantras. It's not emotional, but in that I'm acknowledging I'm acknowledging where I am so that I can move forward because I can't move forward if I don't know where I am. Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk to me more about tapping? I've, I've heard about that and I, um, I've seen different webinars. I'm doing it right now because (laughs) this is what I know to do, but I have not heard much about it other than I know that it helps for some reason this. Yes. So EFT is just, it's called emotional freedom training. Okay. Or I've heard it called EBT, emotional brain training. So, I mean, there's different, there's different, um, but it's, it's called tapping just in general, there's apps out there that you can download that will teach you about tapping. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're tapping on the meridians that acupuncturists use. Okay. So you've got the meridian on the top of your head. You've got the eye points under and over um, the lip points and chin, and then also the collarbone. Yeah, that. Really and then is. also under under the arm. And these are just meridians in our body that get trapped. Um, so when acupuncturists are working on you, I'm not an I'm not <laughs> an acupuncturist. Okay, I'm, I do not practice TCM, but I have an acupuncturist that I go to regularly. But what they're doing is they're helping to release those spots that are that are that are blocked, and that's what the tapping does. And when you when you do the tapping and you repeat these mantras or these statements about yourself, um, mantra can sometimes sound kind of hooey to some people, but they're just true statements, Mm -hmm. true statements. That's all we're saying. So when you're tapping on these meridian points and reciting these true statements, it brings your body into a state of relaxation instead of a stress state. 
So when I'm starting to experience that pain in my gallbladder, my body is moving into a stress state. And stress is where disease happens, right? Right. Stress is where all kinds of problems happen. So if I can move my body into a relaxed state, and while I'm doing that, recite true statements about myself, I can move into that relaxed state, which is where homeostasis exists. Right. That's where your body is able to then take over and go, wait a second. I know what to do. I know what to do now because when I'm stressed, my body, my body doesn't know what to do. And for me, it lands right there in my gallbladder. Right. (laughs) And it's different for everyone. We are all individuals. So we all, for whatever reason, I mean, sometimes you can put it together and figure out why um, it manifests where it does, but um, we're all individuals and we all have these different um, disease states that we go through. Um, and acupuncture, that was my experience with acupuncture as well. When, when, and I would explain this to my acupuncturist, um, because he very much wanted to know, um, how it was helping me, um, because he was first trained as a neurologist and then added acupuncture to his, um, to his medical education. Um, And it did feel very much that way. It felt like, and this is before I understood that it was trauma-based. It felt like there were these pockets in my body where, where something was being held. And then as soon as I was done with acupuncture and even during acupuncture, I would feel these pops that would, and I would actually, sometimes my body would jolt and and I would explain after, you know, because he would leave the room while I was, while I was, uh, while the treatment was taking place and he'd come back and I'd say, I just jumped off the table and he'd be like, uh, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> so it, it's amazing to me how much energy the, the, I'm, I'm not um, an acupuncturist either or a TCM practitioner, although I, I hope one day that I am. Right. Um, but the meridians, that's, that's where all the energy runs through our bodies. And if yes. that energy gets trapped, as I understand it now from my own personal experience, acupuncture can go in there and help that energy be released. And that having that happen for myself initially was what helped me get past the pain so that I could start functioning again, again, so that I could start bringing myself back to homeostasis. Because right. when you are, when all of that is um, trapped inside you and you're just in a constant state of pain, there's, you're just in this cycle that just goes right. and goes and goes and continues right. to get worse um, until it stopped somehow. And that's what like, acupuncture did for me. Like the thinking wheel on your computer. Right. Right. It's just going and going and never getting anywhere. Right. Exactly. It's a horrible, horrible you feeling. You can't sleep. Then you're grumpy. Then, you know, you have more pain because you can't sleep. And then you're grumpy and then you have family problems. And then you can't sleep because you have family problems and you're grumpy and you have more pain and more pain and more pain until something is able to come in and, right. and halt that cycle. Right. And that's what acupuncture was able to do for me. Right. And Um, as a society, right, we look at pain and we go, oh, my gosh, I have a headache. I need to take something and get rid of this headache or there's this going on and that going on. And instead of looking at pain as a fire alarm, we look at pain as our problem. 
right? So for me, my gallbladder pain was my fire alarm. Like, what's going on? Why did why is this happening? So my medical doctor, in you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt, he was able to tell me that it's not acute. It's not something I have to address right now. Which is good to know. It was good to know because now I can go, okay, well, then what is the problem? (laughs) Which is, you know, where I've been able to land after years of counseling and (laughs) working with my acupuncturist and chiropractor and massage therapist and all the holistic modalities trying to get this under control, realizing that that's not my problem. It's, It's up here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as um, being able to bring yourself back to homeostasis, we've talked about a lot of different modalities that we use to help us uh, get our bodies back into a right frame of mind. Um, How does aromatherapy fit? So um, it's, it's very interesting. I don't use aromatherapy every day in my life. Um, I really believe in using aromatherapy therapeutically so it's not the kind of thing i just i don't always have a diffuser running but i also understand the the uh, dangers of using essential oils all the time because of my training also um but i i find there are certain essential oils that i gravitate to and it's not even necessarily scents that i like but it's scents that i need and one of the biggest ones is rose Mm. Um, I don't really like the smell. It smells greasy to me. Um, It's not a pleasant odor. I I don't like it, but my body craves it. Hmm. That's interesting because I I find it a very pleasing odor. Right. And I don't know why I don't like it, but it's just one of those scents that I'm just like, I'm not really pleased by the odor of it, but my body needs it. Right. Um, And it's, it's one of the better oils for mental (laughs) issues. It is. It is. So, um, and I have a theory behind that. It hasn't been proven. I haven't tried to test it it? out or anything. (laughs) I would love to share it. I, um, the, the place that I come from, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So the place that I come from is I believe every single plant on this planet was given to us for our benefit. I I believe Um, that too given to us in the garden, right? We were created for the garden and we walked in the garden in the beginning and we interacted with all of these plants every day and we absorbed the chemical nutrients because we were unclothed walking through the plants and enjoying everything God created. But I think he created some plants that are very difficult for us to manipulate, like rose. Um, helichrysum, um, sandalwood. Explain, can you explain what you mean by very difficult to manipulate? What is, what does that mean? It's difficult for us to get the essential oil from these plants. Right. For whatever reason, like with rose, you need 2000 petals to get one drop. Which is crazy because they're so fragrant when they're just sitting there growing. You know, they're just, you can walk by a rose bush and it's just all in the air. So, yeah. And then sandalwood has to literally give up its entire life for us to be able to to get that essential oil. Right. And I just feel like these plants that are difficult to manipulate, they're difficult to get those essential oils out of. For whatever reason, whether it's the amount or the fact that they have to die for us to get them, those are the ones, I'm getting chills over here, those are the ones 
that are so important for our mental health. Yeah. Because our mental health is vital for our physical health, the health of our world, the health of our family. Everything is, everything is dependent on the mental. Yeah. And if we don't deal with the mental, everything else suffers. And I feel like those plants that are so hard to get that essential oil from, that's why they're so good for the mental. Yeah. Because it's so hard for us to get past our mental stuff. And we need what God has given in those plants to help us do that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really, um, I don't quite know how to put it, but I am completely on board with that theory. And it is, it's a difficult theory to really put words to. Yeah. And you can't prove it, right? Right. <laughs> I don't really know a way to prove that. <laughs> and that's one thing with essential oils that, that, okay, not to get too far off on another tangent, but the thing with essential right. oils is that, um, they themselves have been difficult to prove their therapeutic value. And yet we have all this scientific evidence of their constituents right. that prove they're kind of the conundrum in and of themselves. Yes. Right. And I, but I think it's meant that, to be that way that wraps it all together. And I think it is as well. And all the, there is, there are schools of thought out there that say, well, essential oils are too much. You know, there's, there's herbalists I've heard out there saying, no, you don't need essential oils. That's too much. We don't need that. Well, I say the scientific proof that they give us of herbs as well in their whole form um, and, and their antibacterial and antimicrobial and their um, sometimes cytotoxic um, properties are very right. vital to push us through to the next to that integrative health field that we are striving for. Right. And I, you know, I would tend to agree that essential oils can be too much. Yeah. I, I no. would tend to agree with that, which is where I come from. It, uh, when I work with my clients, it's therapeutic. Right. It, you're not meant to diffuse these all the time. This can cause problems if you're not careful. We've got to be careful in how we use them. And I, and that's why I went back to school because I, people were just shoving essential oils at me for my, my whatever issue I was having. And I right. was just like, you know, no, no. My mom was a, an aromatherapist back in the nineties before it was trendy. So like I had an understanding, right. Even though I didn't have all the knowledge, I had an understanding and I just, I just couldn't do it. So I would agree that sometimes essential oils can be too much and there are different ways to do things. I was actually just working with a client yesterday and she told me something and I was like, well, I could put something together for that. And then she told me of another natural remedy that she had at home. And I said, just use that. Yeah. You know, use that every day for the next seven days. Let <laughs> me know how you feel, you know? Right. So, I mean, we don't always have to jump. We don't always have to jump to the most, uh, the biggest. Right. Remedy. You know, we can start small. Yeah. And they can be used. They, they can be very therapeutic without having to be, um, in great quantities, like you were yes. saying. Yes. Yeah. And what you were saying back to the rose, um, there is something about rose that it's almost as if um, it, you know, some of what you were saying were, you were saying you don't really know how to put it into words, but you feel like those that are really that that don't give their essential oils readily that that they're better for our mental health, um, perhaps that's their purpose. 
You know, I feel like everything in life has a purpose. And I feel like, yes, it's wonderful to walk by the garden and, and smell those roses, but you can't always have, they're not always there. Right. And essential oils give us that opportunity. They need to be respected. They need to be revered, but they do, they provide us that ability. And there is something more in the essential oil than is in that aromatic air that surrounds the rose garden. Right. Right. But I also feel like if we were still in the garden, Mm-hmm. This would, this would be a non-issue, right? Right, because we would be among the plants all day, every day, and receiving the benefit of just existing. Yeah. And in our in our nine to five, sitting in a room world, we're missing out on all of that. And that's where I think essential oils just really play a huge part in bringing us back to nature. Here is something you can do. Something you can do. This is something you can do. Something you can do. Here is something I can do. Something I can do. This is something I can do. Something I can do.